Hello everyone, this is Jeffrey Care. I'm back with another installment of the News of the Month series on the Care Reviews podcast. This is where I talk about a few different entertainment news stories that feel important and or interesting to me. Each of the stories you'll be hearing me talk about have been divided into four separate categories. The first set of them is about the Emmys. The 73rd Primetime Emmy Awards will be taking place on CBS this month on September 19th. I am planning to provide plenty of coverage for them both here on the podcast as well as on my website. However, what has been revealed recently is how the ceremony is going to be presented. Originally, the Television Academy was planning to host a modified in-person version at the Microsoft Theater in Hollywood, though due to concerns over the Delta variant, as well as increasing infections in the state of California, the main ceremony as well as the Creative Arts Awards have both been relocated to an indoor-outdoor venue in LA known as the Event Deck. So that means this year's Emmys will be utilizing an indoor-outdoor setting and more socially distanced audience seating. It's also worth noting that the nominated teams of three or more will now be limited to no more than four tickets per nomination. Therefore, not all nominees will be able to attend the ceremonies because of this. So for those who are planning to watch this year's Emmys, you've just gotten some details for what to expect. As I mentioned earlier, I'll be providing coverage for the Emmys, so be sure to keep following me on my social media platforms and be sure to look out for when my coverage gets posted. This next news story is about Funny Girl. The long-awaited first Broadway revival of this classic 1964 semi-biographical musical about actress, singer, and comedian Fanny Bryce will be starting performances this spring. This has been a long time coming, especially given that there were a couple previous failed attempts to bring it back in the past. There was a production that was going to have a pre-Broadway run in Los Angeles before making its way to New York in 2012. Lauren Ambrose of Six Feet Under fame was set to star opposite Bobby Cannavale as Nick Arnstein, though due to the economic climate at the time, many Broadway producing investors found it impossible to maintain their standard level of financial commitment. A couple years later, Ryan Murphy acquired the rights to produce as a vehicle for Liam Michelle, but those plans never went anywhere. As for the production that is planning to come in, Michael Mayer, who has previously directed Broadway stagings of Your Good Man Charlie Brown, Thoroughly Modern Millie, Spring Awakening, American Idiot, and Hedvig and the Angry Inch, will be at the helm. It will also feature a revised book by Harvey Firestein. Though this isn't the first time the two of them have tackled Funny Girl, as they both previously worked together on a revival that opened in London's West End back in 2016, there's even a pro-shot taping of it that's available to stream on Broadway HD, which I've still been meaning to watch. One of the reasons why Funny Girl has never been revived before is because the role of Fanny Bryce is so closely identified with Barbara Streisand. She became a star when she originated it on Broadway back in 1964. Barbara went on to reprise her role in the 1968 film adaptation, it was not easy getting her cast in that. Since she hadn't made any movies at that point, she was almost turned down in favor of Shirley MacLaine. However, producer Ray Stark, who happened to have been son-in-law to the real Fanny Bryce through his marriage to her daughter Frances, really fought for Barbara to star in it. He just felt she was too much a part of Fanny and Fanny was too much a part of Barbara to have it go to someone else. Stark even convinced 
convinced the executives at Columbia Pictures that if Streisand were not cast, he would not allow the movie to be made. So Barbara did get to make her motion picture debut as Fanny Bryce in the film. It's not only ended up becoming the highest grossing movie of that year, but she also became an overnight sensation as a result, even winning the Oscar for Best Actress in a tie with Katherine Hepburn for The Lion in Winter. So there has long been the question of who could possibly live up to the standards set by Barbara Streisand. This reminds me of old New York Post columns I've read from 20 years ago when it was covering the last Broadway revival of The Music Man. When that production was announced, so many big-name actors at the time were reportedly offered the role of Harold Hill but turned it down. Among them were apparently Alec Baldwin, Jim Carrey, George Clooney, Kevin Kline, Steve Martin, Martin Short, Patrick Swayze, and John Travolta. In a column that was published on June 21st, 1999, it had the title of Is There a Music Man in the House? Harold Hill is one of Broadway's best roles, so why doesn't anyone want it? One of the reasons the New York Post mentioned as to why so many people were turning it down was this. For one thing, the role is so closely identified with Robert Preston, who created it on Broadway in 1957 and reprised it in the 1962 movie, that comparisons will be inevitable. And who wants to be compared with Preston? He was a after all, one of Broadway's greatest leading men, he had enormous energy, confidence, and charm, and he made singing and dancing look easy. You look at the list of stars they've gone after, and none of them, none of them has what Bob Preston had, said a person involved with the Music Man revival. Of course, the upside to tackling the Music Man is that if it's a hit, the guy playing Harold Hill gets the credit and very possibly a Tony Award. That's what happened with Lou Diamond Phillips a couple years earlier in The King and I. Naysayers didn't think anyone could better Yul Brenner, but Phillips made the king young and sexy, walking off with a Tony nomination in the process. So the producers ended up looking through less starry actors before eventually settling on Craig Bierko, who at the time was mainly known as this minor TV star. The New York Post later mentioned in a subsequent column that Preston comparisons are inevitable, but the early word is that Bierko's up to the job. Apparently during his audition, he sang You Got Trouble as if it were a Shakespearean monologue. Director choreographer Susan Stroman told the Post that he had the diction and musicality, and from that time on, I have not thought of Robert Preston for one minute. Craig Bierko ended up receiving rave reviews for his performance, as well as a Tony nomination, although some did compliment him for vocally sounding very identical to Robert Preston. This year, we're going to be getting a new Broadway revival of The Music Man, starring international superstar Hugh Jackman as Harold Hill. Overall, the point I'm trying to make is that it's never easy to find the right performer to take on a role that was previously made famous by someone who made it iconic with their performance. But if the creative team can find the right performer who they believe is up to the job, then they should be given a chance. As for who is set to star in the coveted role Fanny Bryce, it will be none other than Beanie Feldstein. For those unfamiliar with her, she has appeared in a few movies such as 2016's Neighbors 2, Sorority Rising, 2017's Lady Bird, and 2019's Booksmart, which earned her a Golden Globe nomination for Best Actress in a Motion Picture Comedy Musical. She will next be seen as Monica Lewinsky in the third installment of FX's television anthology series, American Crime Story, which is subtitled Impeachment. Although she has done Broadway before, back in 2017, when she portrayed Minnie Faye in the most recent revival, 
revival of Hello Dolly starring Bette Midler. Beanie happens to have an older brother who's also an actor, you may have heard of him, his name is Jonah Hill. Not to mention that she also went to high school in Los Angeles with actor Ben Platt, where they've been best friends ever since. Beanie Feldstein, if you happen to be listening to this podcast, you're going to have such enormous shoes to fill, but I hope you end up doing the best job you possibly can as Fanny Bryce. So break a leg. This next news story is about The English Patient. For those unfamiliar, The English Patient is a novel by Michael Ondaatje that was published in 1992. It follows four dissimilar people who have been brought together at an Italian villa during the Italian campaign of World War II. They are an unrecognizably burned man, the titular English patient, his Canadian army nurse, a Sikh British army sapper, and a Canadian thief. The story takes place during the North African campaign and centers on the incremental revelations of the patient's actions prior to his injuries and the emotional effects of these revelations on the other characters. The novel served as the basis for a 1996 film adaptation starring Ray Fiennes, Kristen Scott Thomas, Juliette Binoche, Willem Dafoe, and Colin Firth. The movie ended up winning nine Academy Awards, including Best Picture. Nowadays, it is kind of seen as one of the more second-tier Best Picture winners, with a number of people preferring a couple of its competitors from that year, such as Fargo and Jerry Maguire. Although it was most famously referenced in an episode of Seinfeld, where Julia Louis-Dreyfus's character Elaine went to the movies to see The English Patient. She hated it so much that she, at one point in the middle of the screening, shouted, JUST DIE ALREADY! Most recently, it was announced that a television miniseries adaptation of the novel is in the works at the BBC that is going to be written by Emily Ballou. The project is set to be a co-production between Miramax Television and Paramount Television Studios. This is interesting because of the past 93 Oscar winners for Best Picture, about 8 of them have since been redone on the big screen. Among them are All the King's Men, Around the World in 80 Days, Ben-Hur, Cimarron, Hamlet, Mutiny on the Bounty, Rebecca, and West Side Story coming soon. Although some others were redone with different titles such as Grand Hotel, It Happened One Night, and Tom Jones, a Japanese interpretation of Unforgiven was made back in 2013, and several more were even redone on the small screen, which ironically also includes Around the World in 80 Days and Rebecca. While there have been a number of screen adaptations of Charles Dickens's Oliver Twist over the years, the 1968 Best Picture winner Oliver is the only one in existence that is based more on the 1960s stage musical adaptation in particular. Obviously, Hamlet is excusable because many different people have provided different interpretations of that classic story for centuries through various forms of different media. However, Matt Negley of Next Best Picture mentioned during their podcast review of last year's adaptation of Rebecca, which he was mixed positive on overall, that he personally thinks that any movie that wins the Oscar for Best Picture should never be redone at all. Now, I've never read the original novel of The English Patient, although I have seen the film a few years ago and I remember liking it, I can see how fans of that would probably have a hard time even wanting to watch a new miniseries adaptation because of their attachment to the movie. I can also see how those who weren't fans of the film would be okay with that property being redone. Although I think if you are going to do a new screen adaptation of The English Patient, doing it as a television miniseries definitely makes sense as it would be a more in-depth retelling of the story despite the film's 2 hour and 42 minutes its runtime, so I'll be curious to see how this project comes together. For our final subject, I'd like to take this moment to remember two industry veterans we've lost within this past month. 
Actress Pat Hitchcock died of natural causes on August 9th at the age of 93. She was someone who had performed on Broadway three times from 1942 through 1951, not to mention that she also appeared in about six feature-length movies, three of them were directed by her father, the legendary filmmaker Alfred Hitchcock, which were 1950's Stage Fright, 1951's Strangers on a Train, and 1960's Psycho. Pat also acted as several different characters throughout the half-hour television program Alfred Hitchcock presents from 1955 through 1960. Veteran character actor Ed Asner died of natural causes on August 29th at the age of 91. He was best known for his role as Lou Grant on The Mary Tyler Moore Show, as well as his own spin-off series titled Lou Grant. That character ended up winning him five of his seven Primetime Emmy Awards from 1971 through 1980. He also appeared in several movies over the years. Among them were playing Guy Bannister in Oliver Stone's 1991 Academy Award-winning film JFK, Santa Claus in the 2003 holiday classic Elf, and voicing Carl Fredrickson in the 2009 Pixar animated movie Up. A friend of mine, Lauren Van Hamert, who has her own podcast titled Beltline to Broadway, actually got to interview Ed Asner once. It was in March of 2020, shortly before COVID hit, in advance of a one-man show he was set to star in at the Temple Theater in Sanford, North Carolina, titled A Man and His Prostate. Of course, that didn't end up happening because of the pandemic. You can find a link to that interview in the episode notes. My condolences go out to both of their families. So that just about does it for the news of this month. I will be back on October 4th to discuss any bit of entertainment news stories that I found interesting and or important from September. If you love this show, please leave us a review. Go to ratethispodcast.com slash carereviewspodcast and follow the simple instructions. Feel free to subscribe to wherever you get this podcast. If you'd like to find more content from me, please visit my website, which is www.carereviews.net. You can also find it on Twitter at CareReviews and me at Jeffrey Care. Thanks for listening, and I will see you all later.